Today's sermon is entitled, The Power of a Dream. The Power of a Dream. As people of action or knowing how to act when we set up this year, those actions that we perform or those acts that we do, they come from somewhere. Listen carefully. Actions often begin from a catalyst. They often start from something that triggers it. Something often kicks the action into gear. So if we're going to be a people of action, we must understand that there are often things that kick that action into gear. Some sources of actions are, let's say, things asked of you to be done by someone. Someone comes to you and says, would you please tie my shoe? And so because the person asked you to do it, you commit the action. That the asking was the catalyst the action, meaning that the action would not have occurred if the catalyst didn't suggest it. Another source of action is forced action, as in reaction. That there is a reaction from something that happens in your past, that as your past happens, something happens and you react to it. Something has transpired and you react to it. That is a catalyst. That something of danger, something of warning, or something occurs that can make you react. So you're acting upon something that has happened. You're reacting something that has happened. And then there are actions of forethought, meaning that you think about something and there are future concerns. So you have forethought. You look ahead in life and you say, in order to be prepared, I have to do something now to prepare for that future event or scenario. Forethought can be an impetus for action. And then there are actions, listen, Lisa, there are actions that are motivated or inspired by dreams. Hmm. So the title of the sermon is The Power of a Dream. So when we talk about action, we talk about energy. When we talk about, actually we begun this series this year, back in January, talking about the Holy Spirit. As the Holy Spirit is 
the power, that actions need energy, that no one wakes up this morning, no one does 2022 without something that provides the power to do it. And so there's another, there's more on the list of things that help to promote actions. But this morning, I want to focus on the power of your dreams. The best example of this is Martin Luther King Jr., the late Martin Luther King Jr., who said, I have a dream that one day we would be judged not by the color of our skin, but by the content of our character. And he went through a list of things that he had a dream about. And so this whole civil rights movement was inspired by this dream, that Martin Luther King had a dream that black men and white men would walk together, holding hands together in the same society. In other words, this dream spawned his actions in a life of civil rights activism. And so the reason dreams are often good action starters is that historically dreams were thought to be divine. Historically, if you had a dream that kind of told you something positive, it was viewed as coming from God. And so it would be better if you knew you had a dream for God that was the catalyst or the impetus for your actions because you would know that God is the one who told you to do it. Dreams historically are known to have spiritual connotation and that God does work through providence. He does work through your being laid off a job. He does work through your reaction to things. He does work through your forethought. He does work through the fact that you got promoted. He does work through your to-do list, that you have things to do on your list, that your actions at work is a normal day-to-day of providence. God works, but he also works through the divine action of dreams. And so what we're talking about is becoming people of action. I got to make this distinction today. Not We're not talking about people of action as in people who just do things. Ah, Watch this. We're not just talking about you did something today. That doesn't mean you're a person of action. But to be a people of action means that there is a higher calling, a vision that drives your entire life's decisions, your relationships, your career, your attitudes, your level of joy. You are a person of action in everything you do, that your life is moving. It is an operative, progressive person you are being in the world that because of this higher vision, in other words, it's not as simple as just a checklist. It's not as simple as just, oh, I did that. I did that. No, it's not. I did that. It's did I live that? And so is your life culminating into a life of action that means something. That's what I'm trying to get to. So if you have been active, but you aren't a person of action, then it could be that you have things to do, but you don't have dreams anymore. 
What I'm saying is if you're busy, you're busy doing a lot. It just means you've got things to do, but you don't have dreams anymore. There are people who are busy and the conundrum of busyness keeps them from dreaming that they can't see the big picture for their life because they're so narrow scoped on what has to be done today. I got to get this. I got to pick up this. I got to do this. I got to do this. They have lost the time and the luxury to see themselves in a nice home or uh, giving money away to people, being a blessing or losing all those pounds or shedding the weight of drama and negativity and toxicity that the busyness of life has deceived us into thinking that there is more that needs to get done in a day than for us to live the totality of God's purpose for our lives. We are to be living our lives intentionally and on purpose. And a life simply reacting to the things in it is not what God called us to do. God has not called us to be reactionary only, that we are not to live our lives just reacting and checking off things on our to-do list. We are to be drivers of things, amen? We are to be innovators of change, bringing good to a land in trouble. And those actions are often propelled by dreams. And so today I want to talk about how the dream of Joseph drove the entire outlook and outcome of his life. His psyche was influenced by what he saw in his dream. Many of us are living today simply because you're doing a job that somebody offered to you. It's not the job you wanted, but you've been there 20 years. Many of you are with people that it just seemed reasonable for us to get together because we happen to be around each other all the time. You have failed to dream. You have failed to think beyond the minimal, narrow parameters of what you live in and what you've been exposed to. Have you dared to cross the borders? Have you dared to cross the lines of risk and challenge and potentially what looks impossible? Let's take a look at the scripture today to see what we can learn from it. I want to read this note first. I want to talk about the dreams and how they impact or drive our actions. I want you to be clear that as we're reading this text, we're reading this text to understand how dreams impact or drive our actions. And from the scripture, we'll review how Joseph's purposeful life started with a dream. And that dream gave him life. That dream had power. So Genesis 37 says this, beginning at verse 1, verses 1 through 10. It says, Jacob lived in the land where his father had stayed, the land of Canaan. This is the account of Jacob. Joseph, a young man of 17, was tending the flocks with his brothers, the sons of Bilhah and the sons of Zilpah, his father's wives, and he brought their father a bad report about them. Now Israel loved Joseph more than any of his other sons. 
because he had been born to him in his old age and he made a richly ornamented robe for him. When his brothers saw that their father loved him more than any of them, they hated him and could not speak a kind word to him. Joseph had a dream, there it is. And when he told it to his brothers, they hated him all the more. He said to them, listen to this dream I had. We were binding sheaves of grain out in the field when suddenly my sheaf rose and stood upright while your sheaves gathered around mine and bowed down to it. His brother said to him, do you intend to reign over us? Will you actually rule us? And they hated him all the more because of his dream and what he had said. Then he had another dream and he told it to his brothers. Listen, he said, I had another dream. And this time the sun and the moon and 11 stars were bowing down to me. When he told his father, as well as his brothers, his father rebuked him and said, what is this dream you had? Will your mother and I and your brothers actually come and bow down to the ground before you? Let's dig a little deeper into dreams. When we talk about dreams, let's ask the question, what can dreams do for us? What is the advantage of this power that comes with dreams? How can a dream be the start of so much change? Why do dreams matter? Number one, dreams give you something to work for. They give you something to do, something to busy yourself with. Number two, they give you something to look forward to. In other words, they give you a hope. They give you a future. So one, they give you something to do. Two, they give you something to look forward to. And three, dreams give you a roadmap to reality. They become your Thomas guide. They become your visible Google map. They show you the street names. They show you the people. They show you the place. They show you the destination. It is the visual guide for your outcome that you want to see. So the question is, what will you do about your dream? Will you just keep dreaming it or do something to make it a reality. If this is true, how, how, how do dreams then become catalysts for our actions? How is it that, let's talk about how these dreams become the pusher of the trajectory of our lives. The dreams don't always tell you every detail or everything that's going to be on your to-do list. You have to make up that to-do list, but the dream will tell you where he wants you to end up. The dream points to who God has called you to be. The dream says, I, I see big things for you. The dream says, I, 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 I see you well. The dream says, I, I see you 
I, I see you flourishing. I see you in ministry. I see you powerful. I see you healthy. The dream says all of that, but but the journey on the dream has to be uh, developed as you start Monday. In other words, we're getting a word on Sunday, but Monday you've got to do something that lines up with what you heard on Sunday. Are you tracking with what I'm saying? The dream is clear, but the the goals, in other words, people set up a business plan and they have a mission, they have um, a goal. But once you have the goal, you have to set up objectives, daily objectives to help reach that goal. So Monday is a part of reaching that goal. Tuesday is a part of reaching that goal. And that many of you are frustrated with the week in between that you are forgetting that Monday is a part of the process, Tuesday is a part of the process, the time is a part of the process. And so you have to decide, are you going to be a contributor to what you saw or are you just going to keep laying in bed, dreaming what God has given you? How do Dreams work with us as people living in this world. The scripture demonstrates how the dreams specifically related to Joseph in two ways. Listen to this. The scripture demonstrates how the dreams specifically related to Joseph in two ways. Let's review them. Dreams connect with us based on our hue. Our H-E-W. What's your hue or what is your cut? In other words, from what cloth have you been cut from? Dreams connect with us based on whom we are connected to. Oh, come on. The dreams unfold with some sort of tapestry connected to our hue. They connect with our origin So your hue is, it just means from what stock do you come from? I come from the Smith's background. I come from Opal Lee Smith. I come from Cherry George Smith Jr. What stock do you come from? From what or who have you been cut out of? What are you made of? And what we'll learn today is that you don't have to be from perfect to be a special dreamer or to have a dream. You don't have to be from perfect to be able to dream. And in the midst of disobedient brothers, family, people, there can still rise an obedient servant of God. That just because you come from a drug-infested background or neighborhood or a family that, that didn't do everything kosher or according to God's will doesn't mean that you can't dream. And so many people see their lives as insignificant because of where you come from. Joseph had bad brothers. They were bad apples, but he arose to be good. And so your hue, listen to this. This is this is good, Tony. Your hue is who you are at the core. Don't don't miss that. It is the focus is on who were you cut out from so that we can determine who you are. Though you have roots there, God still sees you as you. 
that even though you come from a particular history or background, God sees you for you. In other words, he, he will still give you a dream for you even though your family or your origin or background messed up. So I like this term I wrote down. Don't define yourself as what you come from. Define yourself from where you come from. Uh, in other words, you are not them, but you come from them. Oh, man. Oh, this is juicy, Wendy. Get this. Get this. Riri, you are not them. So don't see yourself as what you come from. Just know that that's where you came from. I'm from there, but I'm not there. Oh, man, this is good. And this is important. This is important, Cynthia, because this is when you begin to discover your uniqueness from the crowd of the same. That God requires us to be able to understand our hue, not so much for us to be depressed about it. I didn't have a father, I didn't have a mother. My daddy used to beat me or my brother left me, took advantage of me. God does not give you your origin for to, to deplete you or to demean you or diminish you. He gives you that so that you can discover how unique you are when you put yourself next to them. It is for you to realize that you come from there and that God is interested in you. Let me show you from the text today. Text in 37, 1 and 2 said, Jacob lived there, lived in the land where his father had stayed, the land of Canaan. So we're talking about where he's from. This is the origin. We're talking about his background. And then verse 2 says, this is the account of Jacob. That's his father, Joseph's father, Jacob. Jacob who had the 12 sons. Joseph, a young man of 17. Now, Joseph was just 17. And he had a dream that you could be a dreamer in high school. Joseph, a young man of 17, was tending the flocks with his brothers, the sons of Bilhah, the sons of Zilpah. So Jacob had kids with different women. So we can't get into all of that right now. But what's important, we'll talk about it later, who, who Joseph comes from. His father's wives. And here's the highlighted text. And he brought their father a bad report about them. In other words, listen, the young man, the young lad had character. And that even though the family, the brothers were messing up and breaking laws in the family business, Joseph had to decide, who am I going to be? Who, in other words, am I going to jump in with the brothers and break the rules and be unfaithful like them? Or am I going to be a unique individual? What I'm trying to get you to see, what's your hue? You decide who you're going to be. Are you going to sell drugs just because your uncle and everybody else before then sold drugs? Are you going to be a negative gossiper and toxic person just because that's all you saw in your household? What I'm saying to you today is that God will give you your own vision in the midst of a drug-infested neighborhood, a dilapidated and poverty-stricken city that you come from, a neighborhood, an area that doesn't pose a lot of hope, but God can still give you a unique vision 
about who you're going to be. Joseph decided, I'm going to be a person of character. I'm going to be a person of integrity. And he brought the bad news back to his dad. He said, they aren't doing what they're supposed to do. And verse three said, he was the son of his dad's, um, he was the son of his dad's wisdom and old soul, young body, old head. And we'll talk about that in just a second. But Joseph wasn't trying to be mean by ratting his brothers out. He was being faithful to his calling. And so you can't see, snitches get stitches, right? That's what they, you can't see yourself as being a person of integrity and think that there's shame in that. You don't want to see yourself as shameful because you're doing the right thing. Is there persecution in doing the right thing? Yes, there is. People hate you. In school, I remember in elementary school, oh, goody two shoes. Oh, goody two-shoes cherry, always telling or getting somebody in trouble. Never see integrity as something to be ashamed of. People of integrity see things others don't. And that's what I want you to see. Listen, the point of this text is that because Joseph decided to be a person from where he was and not be where he was, he saw things that others didn't. And so when you're a person of integrity, it means the stuff that you're tattletelling per se, we'll call it that just for the sake of the text. The fact that you see it means that you're catching what others can't. You're able to see what others aren't able to see. In other words, you will dream dreams that others won't. Don't you know that everybody, there aren't thousands of Martin Luther Kings out there. There aren't thousands of, of, of great men and women out there. Why? Because it's tough to dream dreams. It's tough to take the ridicule because you decide to be of a different hue. In other words, you decide to be different from what everybody else is doing. But here's where God connects the dream with the origin. The text said he was the firstborn of Jacob and Rachel. He talked about the brothers who were from uh, uh, Bilhah, Zilpah and Bilhah. But Joseph was from Rachel. Joseph was the son of Rachel. And Jacob loved Rachel. Remember, Rachel was the one he waited seven more years for after Laban tricked him into marrying the other sister. We know that God had something to do with that because Rachel couldn't even have children at first, but God gave her a child. She gave, he gave Rachel, Joseph and Benjamin because Joseph had to wait so long. In other words, because Jacob had to wait so long for Joseph, Jacob loved Joseph. So in other words, I'm just trying to give you the background of the hue that who you come from, your dreams connect to that. That God taps your dream into the misfortunes you've experienced. So instead of being disgusted about the troubles in your life, see God as connecting the blessings of your dream to the troubles in your life, that you begin to thank God that everything was not perfect. Um, That because somehow, because I was a single child or I was raised by a single parent or because I didn't have two pair of shoes, I only had one or because I wasn't able to go to a private school, that God builds a dream based on the uniqueness of your 
origin and where you come from. That he, 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 he makes a dream that is constructed to make up for all that you've gone through. Hallelujah. He makes a dream for your life that, that is to be reparations. Oh God, hallelujah. For all that you've experienced and, and all the unfair things and the, the misfortune you've gone through. That the dream comes to rectify the trouble that has been connected to your origin. So Joseph's existence uh, God was all in it, that Joseph never would have been uh, in the picture if Jacob hadn't trusted God to give him Rachel and he worked for Laban faithfully for 20-something years. We preached about that before. And even though God would give the dream to Joseph, the dream would include impact on his whole family. God, this is what I'm saying. That even though the origin, even though the family was horrible to Joseph. Remember, later on, the brothers sold Joseph into Egypt and they tried to kill him. Even though the family has done all of that. The dream that God gives to you still retroactively impacts the family you come from. When you get the courage to stand up in your own hue. When you get the courage to identify you for who you are. God, thank you. The dream God gives you impacts the family you come from. Woo! That even in their disdain and misfortunate reactions to you, God says you're so called, that you're so blessed in this dream, that the goodness I give to you is going to be good enough for the family that tried to kill you. Hallelujah. That the family who tried to destroy you ends up being blessed because you decided to be somebody unique for yourself. That you woke up one day and said, I have a dream of going to college when nobody else in the history of my family has ever gone to college, but I am determined to get my bachelor's or my master's or my PhD. And God says, in spite of them trying to keep you down, the good that comes from your PhD will still benefit them in the aftermath. And so the origin of actions helps to determine the effectiveness of our actions. Hallelujah. That the stuff we've gone through, that the drama we've been impaired by, it actually affects our actions. So, so can you see how the dream then is connected with our hue and with the identifying of our uniqueness. That's the first thing. The dream connects by your hue, H-E-W. Here's the next step. What is your hue? Ah, there it is. Ah, you thought I was jumping ship here. What is your hue? In other words, not what is your cut, but what is your shade. What is your shade? So the second way the dream correlated with Joseph, allow me a few minutes this morning. I feel God. The second way the dream correlated with Joseph was by his hue, not H-E-W, but H-U-E. They sound the same, but they mean something different. Your hue is the thing that determines which color 
you are to be seen. In other words, when you have red and green and blue, you have a number of colors lined up next to each other. Your hue is the thing that makes you recognizable as yellow. Now, it makes you recognizable as red or green. In other words, your hue <laughs> is the thing that sets you apart from red. Your hue is the thing that sets you apart from green and blue. You are yellow for a reason, my God. In other words, each of us have in us a hue. Huh? Uh, God, remember, it's not your hue where you came from from, but it's your hue. It's the thing unique about you. Out of the family of many brothers, there had to be something about Joseph that made him Joseph and not Benjamin and not any of the other brothers. What attribute of you permits you to be classed as uniquely you? What attribute about you makes you, you and nobody else? In other words, here it is, watch this. What is your shade? In other words, colors have shades, that there are shades of gray. Uh, I did a poem many years ago called Shades of Gray. What is your shade? In other words, when you look at the RGB chart or you look at the color chart, you have to put certain numbers. Certain numbers together make a particular color. What numbers make your shade? And that shade can only be that shade. F, 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 or 0, 0, 0, 0, 0 actually is white. I think it is. Zero, 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 or I think it's black, zero, zero, or F, one, one of them. But in other words, when you have all those six numbers, if you add one to that, or if you change a zero to five, it changes the shade. What is your hue? What's your color grade? It is said that no two people have the same fingerprints alike. God says, he knows you so uniquely that he knows the number of the hairs on your head. If God sees you so uniquely like that, why don't you see yourself? You can see it as this. Let me put it in a way you might recognize. What's your shade? Or in other words, what are you hated for? Yeah. In other words, why do people throw shade your way? Because most people throw shade towards people who know their shade. In other words, who know their hue. I know who I am. Dreamers have haters. And they are hated because you know your shade. What is your shade? Why are people throwing shade your way? Let's look at Joseph's shade. Verse 3 said, Now Israel loved Joseph more than any of his other sons. Oh, Lord, that's enough shade to get shade yourself. Boy, that's my God. Don't let a parent love one kid more than another. That, oh, that's going to mess it up. Israel loved Joseph. Israel's a name for jo Jacob. Israel loved Joseph more than any of his other sons because he had been born to him in his old age. I mentioned that earlier. 
and he made a richly ornamented robe for him. There it is, the richly ornamented robe. So he's giving him something. King James calls it the coat of many colors. In other words, the colors, he gave him something to identify him as Joseph. And so look at verse four. He says, when his brothers saw that their father loved him more than any of them, they shaded him. I'm sorry. They hated him and could not speak a kind word to him. Oh, come on. That's just shade class 101. In other words, we must all find our specialness. This text is saying, find your specialness. Where is your coat of many colors? Find your specialness, your hue, regardless of where your beginnings are. Regardless of your hue, H-E-W, find your hue, H-U-E. Joseph's father gave him a special coat. Mm. Everybody has been given something special. God gives us gifts. And you read the Bible, God says he has given every person at least one spiritual gift. You are gifted, and that gift makes you uniquely you. The special coat meant Joseph was special. Watch this. My point is, the special coat meant Joseph was special. The, the thing that you were given, the thing that makes, the thing that stands out about you is what makes you special. Dreamers sense a specialness. Haters sense specialness too. Haters know when people are gifted. And so listen, Joseph had an object of focus to spark the dream in his life. Joseph had to be given something, in other words, to remind him of who he was. He needed something to focus on to give him that spark of the dream in his life. I watched uh, young Jermaine Dupree dancing. Uh, uh, I think it was uh, with, um, uh, well, one one I watched, Alfonso uh, on Bel Air, Ribeiro on, um, he was dancing with Michael Jackson in the Pepsi commercial and how Michael was this, this spark, this icon that 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 gave uh, Alfonso a dream, and Jermaine Dupree, and he was a little bitty, and and he still had those big old eyes, and and he was he was he was dancing, and now we look at Jermaine Dupree, great music producer and songwriter, and all of that, and and he had something at a young age. Joseph was seventeen. What what in your life gives you a spark to to want to be something? You know what I'm saying? Alfonso wanted to be something. Jermaine Dupree wanted to be something. And then I saw a video of Stephen Curry playing as a boy against uh, great NBA players. He he had the opportunity uh, to be exposed to greatness. And that gave him a spark to think, I can be that. What in your life makes you look at it and say, I can be that? And oftentimes... Celebrities will sometimes give people personal items as objects of focus to remind them of their own greatness. You know, know, let me sign your, oh, here, I'm going to give you this. Take my pen. In other words, every time the child looks at that pen, 
They think about their idol or the person they want to be like. And so God says that you need something to remind you that you can be great in spite of where you come from. In other words, don't look back and say, that's what I can become. Find something to focus on ahead and say, that's who I want to be. In other words, challenge yourself to change. We all need something to remind us of our favor. And I listen to my own sermon sometimes and I listen to my own music because it reminds me, hey, Cherry, that was good. In other words, I look at people I want to be like. I follow their patterns. I look at some of the things and challenges they go through. I look at their work ethic. I, I watched, I was in Rouse yesterday and the, the person who was at the counter, the register, the guy who was checking out was buff and strong. And the guy at the counter said, um, I'm sorry, do you mind? Uh, I just would like to ask you a question. He says, yeah, he says what? He says, how often do you work out? He was, he was asking a personal question. And then he said, and I knew he was interested because he says, I work out every day. And so the guy at the counter says, every day you don't take a break? He says, well, yeah, of course I do, but, but you have to stay committed. In other words, the guy was interested in getting to that level of bulk. What are you looking at and you want to become? Are you only looking at drama? Are you only looking at negativity? Are you only looking at what you cannot become? Your hue is your symbol of your favor. And it was Joseph's favor that he had with Jacob that made him stand out. Jacob loved Joseph. And so Joseph gave him a coat. God loves you. So God has given you something. What I'm trying to say is that if, 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 if Jacob had enough love for Joseph to give Joseph a coat of many colors, I know God loves you more than Jacob loved Joseph. Will not God give you something to make you stand out? That when you go to work, see yourself dressed in a multifaceted, interlaced, woven coat that is dynamic, that is couture, that is amazing, that something God has placed in you is undauntingly, uniquely you, and nobody else has it in the world. Woo! The coat itself had no power, but it symbolized my power. In other words, carry the thing around with you. It don't have, the, 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 the gold chain doesn't have no value, but it symbolizes the power. In other words, get something that reminds you of who you are. When you forget, when you're at work and you're having a bad day, pull out your reminder, your coat of many colors, whatever the thing is to show you I am favored, that I have been fearfully and wonderfully made, that I have a hue from God, a particular shade, that I am unique in this world. The coat means you're special. Are you special? What hue shows that you are? You can't, you can't demonstrate your beauty with an ugly attitude and a horrible posture. Nobody's going to see your beauty. God gives us things we're good at for a reason, Tony. God gives us things we're good at, Joyce, for a reason. And those things should brighten our hue. 
When you tap into what you're good at, CY, when you tap into what you're good at, Cousin Kevin, it ought to brighten your hue. When you're doing the thing you love, you shine. When you're doing what God has called you to do, you soar. We all ought to be distinguishable from others. If we aren't, then we have lost our hue. When you look like everybody else, act like everybody else, do like everybody else, you have lost your distinction and you have lost your hue. So God then pours both our hue and our hue into our dream. Let me wrap this up. Gosh, I'm running out of time. God then pours our hue, our H-E-W, and our hue, H-U-E, into our dream. So he takes our hue and our hue, and he puts it in our dream. He takes the thing you came from. He takes into account all that they did to mess you up. He takes into account everything that makes you you. He takes into account the gifts and skills that he gave you specifically, uniquely for you. He puts it in a dream. And that's how the dream becomes specific and unique to us. Dreams are made up with our, not DNA, but our hues. It is our dream. It is, it is not a generic dream God gives us. It's specific. And when God speaks to you, He's talking to you, uniquely you. So the question is, what's your dream? What is your dream? Special people dream. Would you say that with me? Special people dream. What do you see internally? What what do you see what do you see? I'm not talking about what you see out here. I'm talking about what do you see in here? Put the picture back on the screen, please. This is the purpose of the picture. That the boy's eyes are closed for a reason. What do you see when you close your eyes? What is it that gives you motivation? What is it that gives you meaning? What is it that gives you purpose? How do those dreams make you feel? Mm, Dreams have feelings. How do those dreams make you act? Let's look again at our final text. Joseph had a dream. And when he told it to his brothers, they hated him all the more. He said to them, listen to this dream I had. Verse six, we were binding sheaves of grain out of the field, out of the field when suddenly my sheaf rose and stood upright. Notice that's highlighted. While your sheaves gathered around mine and bowed down to it. His brother said to him, do you intend to reign over us? Will you actually rule us? And they hated him all the more because of his dream and what he had said. Verse 9, then he had another dream. He told it to his brothers. Listen, he said, I had another dream. This time, sun, the moon, 11 stars are bowing down to me. Verse 10, when he told his brothers, well, brother, father rebuked him. 
What is the dream you had? What is this dream you had? What is this dream you had? That's a question for you. What is the dream you had? Will your mother and I and your brothers actually come and bow down to the ground before you when you can see yourself as special? When you know your hue and your hue, you begin to dream bigger than before. There's a sense that God put you here for a reason. And it's like you can't sleep until that dream is realized. And so Joseph saw himself as something bigger than his brothers. Joseph saw himself as something bigger than his parents. Woo! I'm going to be bigger than where I came from. I see myself as doing something great. And even when I was a child, I've always felt that God had a big call on my life. And even when that dream seems like a nightmare in reality, you keep seeing it in living color as a reality of something great. Even though you're living every day and it doesn't seem like what you know you've been called to do is not a reality, you keep dreaming because something great is coming. Why? Because God knows your hues. The power of your dream drives your actions to be more powerful than your nightmares. I'll say that again. The power of your dreams drives your actions to be more powerful than your nightmares. This is not in my notes, but I throw it in as a side. My mother used to work for Howard Hughes. I know it doesn't relate, but Hughes was a big name, a power, Hughes aircraft, that these Hughes of your life, these Hughes can make big things. Your Hughes can be huge. Ah. I'm playing with words this morning, but you get what I'm saying. The power of your dreams defeats your nightmares. Good dreams help you to deal with where you are until you can get to where you're going. Good dreams. In other words, when you're dreaming and it's not a reality yet, keep dreaming because it helps you deal with where you are until you get to where you're going. The dream paints a future picture of better so you weather the not so good now to get to the better days coming. In other words, dreamers, dreamers. Joseph wasn't going to come into everything all at once. Joseph was a grown man until when, when he became the powerful person that he became. He had to grow from 17, 18, 19, 20. He had to go through all of that. When Jesus came, when he was born in the manger, he had to grow up a boy. He was in the temple at 12. He didn't do anything from 12 to 30, 18 years of silence. It wasn't until he was 30 that he got on the map. 30 years of living on earth? Jesus living in ambiguity and nobody knew who he was? Just three and a half years it took him to be the savior of all the world. He was this most renowned man now and even in history they know that history says there was a Jesus of Nazareth who was here. He only was recognized for the three and a half years of his life but he lived 33. Dreams confirm your specialness. Dreams confirm your faithfulness. Keep being faithful at 17. Keep being faithful at 20. Keep being faithful at 24 because your dream says you're going to be somebody one day. You can't let that dream die because dreams have power. Dreams can be revelations. 
The first dream that uh, uh, Joseph had was one of agriculture. The second dream was was uh, uh, celestial, up in the spheres. It was the same dream, but it was a different setting. So if God has given you the same dream, but a different setting, it's still the same dream. God is still saying you're going to be somebody great, whether it's in the agriculture or whether it's in the stars. <laughs> Dreams require interpretation. What's in the dream are signs and symbols. And I'm not sure Joseph even knew at 17 all of who he really was. Joseph couldn't understand who he really was. He said, I'm just telling you to dream because you're my family. I'm, I'm not trying to brag. I just, I'm, I'm having trouble trying to understand it myself. But the fact that he saw himself as a sheaf that was raised up against the others, as a star high above the sun and the things around, and as he saw himself as that, all I'm saying is you've got to start seeing yourself in these dreams as raised up above the stuff you're troubled by. You may not understand it all at once, but it ought to be clear enough to put us in the right track to make our actions match our dreams. That you come out of your dreams talking about, I'm not taking this stuff no more. I'm better than this. I'm not going to. I'm not gonna. You don't have to settle and you don't have to take whatever anybody dishes to you. You are kings. You are queens. You are chosen generation, a royal priesthood called and anointed by God. You don't let people treat you any kind of way. But you do. If you don't dream. Actions of self-destruction occur when people fail to see the good in their lives. When you don't see yourself mattering, mattering, or you don't matter to yourself. They destroy themselves because they don't see their relevance. People smoke dope and they drink and get high because they've lost their inner understanding of value. So God gives us dreams to help us see who we are. God gives us dreams to say, stop drinking, stop smoking, stop getting high, stop stealing, stop doing the horrible stuff that you're doing to destroy yourself. I'm giving you dreams to remind you regardless of your past, regardless of your hue, H-E-W, I've still got an H-U-E that is uniquely you. It makes you you that I designed you for a purpose. And God says, I can still bring about your purpose in spite of your addictive past. (sighs) We have to believe it before we can be believable to others. You know you're believable when people hate you for believing the way you do. I never forget, preachers used to get mad at me just for being, because I was a good preacher. They're mad at me because I was good at what I did. Not that I was stealing something, not that I was being a horrible person, but they were mad at me because I was good at what, you know you're believable when people start hating you for doing what you do well. The fact that Joseph had the same dream more than once, but in a different setting, is confirming as well. If God goes through the trouble to give you the same dream over and over again, he's trying to say that, well, that's confirming. That's confirmation. If you have one dream, you never have it again, that's probably not the one. But I keep hearing God saying, you're worth more than this, Cherry. You, you, listen, I keep hearing God saying, you, 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 you're big, it's bigger than this. I keep hearing God saying, I, I, I'm going to use you in a greater capacity. I keep hearing God saying, when the dream doesn't change in story, but only in setting, you know that's something God has for you to pursue. When the dream changes in, in setting, but not in story, that means that God has something he wants you to pursue. So for my conclusion, I give you this. The bottom line of all this is that knowing he was special 
knowing that he was special. Joseph knew he was special. Knowing his coat indicated as such, his coat told he was special. <laughs> the coat <laughs> identified his hue. And knowing he had dreams that also confirmed his thoughts of specialness. In other words, God gave Joseph dreams that confirmed it. So in other words, he, he knew he was special from his history, from Jacob's lineage. Jacob followed God. He knew he was special from his hue. He knew he was special from his hue in terms of his multicolor. And then he knew he was special from his dreams. So his family, the coat, and the dreams all let him know he's special. I came all the way here online to tell you one thing. You're special. You're special. Your hue, your hue, and your dream tells you as such. And all of those things drove Joseph to his actions of how he lived his life for the rest of his days to fulfill that portfolio. Joseph didn't stop until he became that sheaf that he saw standing up above all the other sheaves around him. And for Joseph, it all started with a dream. The dream helped to give eyes to what he believed in his heart. The dream helped him to see beyond the struggles with his brothers. His brothers used to give him grief. Oh, they hated him. But the dream kept saying, come on, keep on messing with me. Keep on messing with me. I'm going to be somebody someday. The dream helped him to see beyond that. The dream gives you the pictures of tomorrow. It helps you not focus on today. If you can't be, see beyond your petty and narrow sphere, then you aren't a dreamer. If all you talk about is the negative of today, you're not a dreamer. Dreamers quickly forget the troubles of today. Dreamers dream about tomorrow. Being able to see the light of today and the hope of your tomorrow makes you feel some kind of way. And dreams ought to make you feel better. That you ought not be so succumbed to the dramas of today that you're in anguish and stress and anxiety. What do you think the world of cinema, why do you think the world of cinema is so lucrative? Because people love movies. They love to go to movies because watching those movies make them feel some kind of way. Movies are designed and certain directors can do it better than others. In other words, the whole movie works. In other words, directors bring their hues. <laughs> they bring their hues to their project and the movie becomes a realization of their dream and the dream makes you feel a certain way. I was watching a movie this morning and it made me feel a certain kind of way. And when dreams are realities, when dreams manifest like they should, they prick your emotions. You you know it's a dream for God when it makes you feel some kind of way. Dreams make you feel a certain way. They can tell, you can tell the authenticity of a dream by the authenticity of your feelings. If a dream doesn't move you, then it's not the dream from God. In other words, Joseph felt some kind of way. He was moved by God's dream and the move of the dream moves you into action and that's how it becomes the impetus for you getting into work and doing what God wants you to do. Joseph lived every day with actions that would one day materialize the vision he saw of him as an elevated chief and as a risen star. 
We know this to be true because you can go read, we're in Genesis 37, but go on and read 39, 40, 41, 42. It's in 42 where we see all the brothers coming back and his fathers, even after they sold him, threw him in a pit, tried to kill him, sold him to the Egyptians. Joseph got accused of rape, said he raped Potiphar's wife, thrown in jail, left in jail by the baker and the chef who said, we're going to come back and get you, but they didn't. Jailed for two years. Went through all that drama. How do you go through all that drama and you got big dreams? You're going to be a chief. Wasn't until Genesis 42, 37 to 42, took 37 to 42 for Joseph to become the second in command in Egypt. And when there was a famine for seven years, guess whose family had to come to Egypt because Joseph learned the art of stowing away food to feed the people of Egypt over a seven-year famine. And so here come Jacob, and here come his brothers, all of them to do what? To bow down before Joseph because Joseph was the leader in Egypt. And they said, feed us. And this is where Joseph gives the famous line. He says, you meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. And so even though you tried to kill me, even though I'm here, listen, I got here because you sold me. I'll still feed you. The Bible says he brought his family over to Egypt, put them up in houses, gave them all places to live. Jacob lived his last days, died in the presence of his family. Everybody was fed and the brothers ended up, Joseph forgave them and jo the, the brothers were scared. They thought they was going to kill him. Joseph said, you ain't got to worry. I ain't going to kill you. God gave Joseph the opportunity to reach back and be a blessing because God always gives dreams that benefit the people around you. God doesn't give you a dream to be a tyrant over the people who hurt you. And if you can't live with a dream to forgive, then you won't dream because dreaming is not for revenge. Success is not to ploy over the people who try to ploy over you. Joseph became a blessing to his entire family. So I say to you today, Live as a person of action until your godly dreams are realized. And don't you quit a day sooner than that. Joseph did it. And if you're not seeing what you saw, then keep actionizing your life until you do. If you're not seeing it, then keep actionizing it. If you keep dreaming it, God wants you to do it. If you're still dreaming it, God still wants you to do it. You say, well, well, listen, well, it's not happening. Doesn't matter. Are you still dreaming it? Then God still wants you to do it. Whenever God wants you to stop doing it, he'll stop giving you dreams for it. And you know which dream is from God because it makes you feel inspired. If the thing you're dreaming about isn't inspiring you, that's not what God is calling you to do. But when you can think about something and it makes you happy, that's the dream God wants you to pursue. To sit around the rest of the year doing nothing is to sit around and do not dream. So close your eyes and ask God to show you your special dream again. Just close your eyes 
and ask God to show you your unique dream. Some of us are too woke. You need to close your space until you see again. And for those who don't care either way, for those of you who just say, I don't, I don't care about dreaming. I don't care what happened in the past. I don't care what happened in the future. I don't care. When they, there's nothing special in life about you. God says, even you, I've called you to something special. That you have to learn to find your uniqueness. You can't do that when you're doing nothing but letting others control your life. You have to make a decision. You have to decide to what? Be you. And it all starts with the power of a dream. I'm PC, and that's all I've got.